And you're listening to Unusual Sources here on 93.3 CFMU-FM. And as promised today, we have Henry Evans Tenbrink. He is a local labor and anti-war activist, veteran unionist. He's, well, he's many things. He's a delegate to Kirk, the Congress of Union Retirees of Canada. Um, as a CUPE retiree, he's a delegate to the Hamilton District Labor Council, and he's been a longtime member of the local anti-war movement, an important member of the executive of the Hamilton Coalition to Stop the War. And actually, I probably forgot some other things there, too. But uh, Henry, you have a, a long background in both labor and anti-war, don't you? I do. I do. Um, I, I, I've, uh, also, I'm, I'm an executive member of Kirk, uh, by the way, Brendan. And uh, I'm, I'm a, I've also uh, had international experience. I've been... Uh, in, in uh, Palestine as a human rights observer. And, and uh, I've also had experience negotiating on behalf of the Palestinians with the Israeli uh, um, occupation forces. No, that's uh, quite an impressive background. And I think a lot of us who know you know about your accounts in Palestine and uh, how intense those accounts are and how that inspired you and a lot of the activity you do. So very much fitting with our program and what we do here. And of course, there's been a lot of developments. There's been a lot on the anti-war front. Uh, there are things changing and happening in Australia in particular. I guess a lot of it has to do with that new military alliance, the AUKUS, Australia, UK, US, the uh, the three eyes, as, as some people call it, right? Three of the five. <laughs> I mean, it's very provocative. They've wrangled together three Anglo, Anglo-Saxon countries and the red, white and blue flags predominantly to go and pester China. It's raising tensions and provocations in the region. And it's really just pushing us towards a worse situation. I know the Taylor Report has covered it a lot. And some of that's been posted on the Hamilton Coalition to Stop the War website. So people can go there to get more information about AUKUS. But we're not the only people upset about this. I know you've been researching this issue because we're actually starting to see opposition from Australia's labor movement to a new development that's happened, and that's the submarine issue. Australia has changed its submarine deal from French built with Australia non-nuclear submarines to this uh, new thing that's been put together, which, yeah, it has to be seen in the context of the AUKUS arrangement. It's generated a lot of media, but in terms of these nuclear submarines, this new development that happens at the same time as this tightening military situation, it has caused some Australian unions to take a stand about this. And I guess we're looking at uh, two unions in particular here. We have the Maritime Union of Australia and the Electrical Trade Union. That's the MUA and the ETU. So I guess they've released some statements. Henry, I guess they're two separate statements. So maybe we should start with the Maritime uh, Union of Australia. What have they been saying about this nuclear submarine deal? They've been saying they have no interest in war um, and, and uh, that um, this, this escalation of, of uh, bringing in nuclear-powered submarines to Australia is going to do nothing but uh, um, put them as a target for, for China retaliation. Um, it, it, uh, it, they do not want to see an escalation of the arms race again. Um, 
we saw what happened with that when the U.S. and Russia were involved in their arms race. And now um, with, um, with the building of nuclear subs, uh, we're going to say, you know, it's, it's not only um, an issue of um, nuclear capability. It's, um, Boris Johnson claiming that this is not uh, a violation of the uh, UN uh, Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, but by uh, building the nuclear subs, um, they're claiming that the subs will not carry missiles, um, um, which would uh, which would definitely violate the uh, the agreement. But uh, what people don't realize is these submarines also fire torpedoes and. Um, the torpedoes that the Americans are using now, and, and uh, it'd be very easy to sneak them in, um, they have a capability of firing nuclear torpedoes. Um, and the Americans claim that these are low yield, but uh, nonetheless, they're nuclear weapons. And it's a definite escalation. Um, and, and we're also seeing um, in, in Britain, um, they're, they're trying to bring in... Um, orders for um, Rolls-Royce. Uh, a lot of people don't realize Rolls-Royce uh, manufactures the nuclear um, power plants. So not only is the proliferation of, of the weapons, it's, it's also proliferation of um, nuclear waste. And, and what we're seeing is um, in, in Australia, and, and we're seeing this in Canada too, by the way, um, with the proposal to build a, a nuclear waste dump on the shores of Lake Huron. Um, and I guess, you know, there was a huge hue and cry about that. But uh, in Australia, there's also um, a push to um, create nuclear dumps on uh, sacred uh, indigenous land there as well. Um, and, and unions are very opposed to this as well. Well, I mean, uh, you've pointed, <laughs> there's so many issues caught up in with what you're saying. First of all, there's the issue of nuclear proliferation in general, that Australia is going to become part of a very small club of countries that are running nuclear powered submarines, whereas they were not before. So that has a whole infrastructure associated with that, that you've alluded to here that has waste disposal issues and so forth. There's the possibility that the submarines could carry nuclear weapons. Uh, they're not saying right now that they will. But uh, I guess a potential adversary like China has to assume they might be able to carry nuclear weapons. It's going to raise nuclear tensions. Um, and then there's the whole issue of the unions and how they're looking at the issue. So Australia has been presented with this issue now that they had a deal with the French to build non-nuclear submarines. And now they're going to be building nuclear submarines with the Americans and with the UK, and that it's going to be less in Australian hands and more in the hands of the United States and possibly the UK, which has seen a business deal here that uh, they can push the French out, get involved in building nuclear submarines. But well, how this does, is another yeah. thing, Brendan, uh, where uh, the, the Australian unions are looking at this as uh, um, they're, they're becoming more beholden to the United States uh, militarily. Um, they're becoming part of that club, uh, along with the nuclear subs, uh, with, with the American um, technology comes uh, American bases. Um, and there are already American bases in Australia. And, and uh, um, many unions feel that they should be um, withdrawing themselves from in, uh, American military influence, given um, the increase in, in um, tension in the era. As you know, um, the Americans have... Uh, repeatedly um, 
um, push the issue that uh, China has no right to expand in, into their own backyard. And yet we see the Americans doing this um, with examples like Cuba. Um, they've got uh, sanctions against Cuba. Now, if the Chinese came in and, and uh, started building bases in Cuba, what do you think the result of that would be? Now, you touched on something there that's a theme in what I see from the two unions in Australia, which is they're concerned that this, uh, this submarine deal will make them more part of a U.S. logistical system, that the subs will not be able to be maintained effectively in Australia compared to conventional subs. So they're going to have to rely more on outside supply, maintenance, and so forth, especially from the United States. So it's reducing Australia's sovereignty in the sense they'll have less control over these submarines, and there'll be fewer jobs potentially for Australians to work on these things and maintain them because they would need more outside help. So that was of one... Course, because any, any parts are going to need that to replace some, um, you know, worn out parts or, or malfunctioning parts will come from the U.S. Um, and, and so they will be beholden to the U.S. for, uh, for maintenance. So, so the unions see a greater U.S. role in the application of these subs. So um, that, that's an issue. I guess there were other issues, too. If I look over at the Maritime Union of Australia website and what they were saying in their statement, they've actually got what it's called no to nuclear submarines, jobs and health, not nukes. So, So basically, I mean, in their case with the MUA, it's about in large part money, right? Because they're saying that a lot of money, in fact, to quote them, they say extraordinary sums of money have been wasted with the previous submarine contract scrapped only five years after it was signed. That contract was worth $90 billion and nuclear submarines will cost much more. So um, they would prefer to see spending on other priorities. I'm seeing here building Australian strategic shipping, building renewable energy and offshore wind turbines, raising job seeker payments to above poverty levels. And they're talking about investments in health, education, firefighting capacity for disasters and so on. So their conclusion was, Workers have no interest in war with China or any other country, and every effort should be made to pursue peaceful relations. That's a pretty clear statement. Uh, it's, it's guns versus butter in part, right? And I guess it's also the fact that they see negatives attached to the submarine deal. But what about the other union? Uh, we have, and I got to mention, you can find both of these uh, union statements on the uh, Unifor Solidarity Network website, which is called Solinet, S-O-L-I-N-E-T dot C-A. Yeah, Tony Leah. There's also the issue of uh, sovereignty, uh, Brendan. Uh, Australians want to to, uh, maintain sovereignty over their own uh, defense and and how they spend their money. They do not want to be um, dictated what their defense policy is going to be and, and uh, how their money is spent. Um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the health, the health care system in Australia is, is uh, sorely lacking. And we saw this with the pandemic um, worldwide. And, and uh, so, um, as, you, as you mentioned, there are so many issues involved. And uh, the other uh, union you were talking about, the, uh, the Electrical Workers Union, the ETU, um, they, um, 
there are 60,000 strong, so it's a very powerful union. And, uh, you know, they're, they're strongly speaking out against the issue as well. Okay, so for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Henry Evans Tenbrink, labor and anti-war activist. We're just talking a bit about the two unions in Australia that have come out with statements against this uh, nuclear submarine deal at the time when this AUKUS pact is being convened. Very significant stuff. Um, And they're not alone. I guess we're seeing other voices in Australia. It's kind of heartening to see there are some people on labor or left that are speaking up about this. Uh, There's also the Australian Green Party. Uh, I'm going to Brendan, before you go on, I, I also just wanted to mention, you mentioned about the uh, three eyes, and uh, many people may not know what that is. It actually was the five eyes, and it consisted of the United Kingdom, United States, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. And uh, so far, can't, Trudeau has said that they're, they're not interested in nuclear subs. But as we all know, Canada rides on the coattails of the U.S. The U.S. says jump and Canada says how high. And uh, as far as New Zealand goes, um, we all know that um, the, the position of, uh, of New Zealand on, on nuclear um, weapons and capability. And, and uh, they, they've, uh, they've got um, legislation in place that prevents U.S. Uh, nuclear um, ships and, and subs from uh, entering New Zealand water. So it's no surprise that they want no part of this. Yes. No, New Zealand um, has been something of a voice of reason in comparison to the AUKUS governments on these issues. Uh, there are ministers in New Zealand, even Canada, who would say, you know, we don't want any part of this being involved in a nuclear deal like that, having nuclear submarines raises the target level of a country. It puts you into, as I said, that very exclusive club, and it puts you on a new playing field that's more intense with regard to nuclear weapons exchange. So there are a number of organizations that have recognized that. And um, I'd say one of them is probably the Australian Green Party. If you look online on their website, they're at greens.org.au. Their website is called The Greens. There's actually a statement right there. It's called not here, not now. No. Yeah, that's right. Not here, not now, and not ever. We must never allow our communities to be nuclearized. It's a pretty short statement. It talks about AUKUS and the nuclear submarine deal. And it says, this is a dangerous move that makes us less safe. We shouldn't be turning war into an industry, whether it be in the shipyards of South Australia, the harbors of Rockingham, or the remote communities of WA, we deserve the real jobs of the future in clean, green manufacturing, such as electric vehicles, not this. This is the time to be rethinking our dependence on the United States, not increasing it. And the nuclearization of our community makes us less safe, ruins our environment, and threatens peace in our region. So they talk about the billions of dollars being spent on the submarines and where it should be going, such as climate action, medical and dental care, and so forth. Very much like the union statements, don't you think? I think there's a kind of common ground here where people see, I mean, the old submarine deal was $90 billion, and the new one's going to be even more than that and take a very long time. The, so, other, thing, yeah. uh, the other thing, Brendan, is that uh, one, once they have the nuclear submarine capability, they have um, 
um, repair facilities and, and um, you know, upgrading facilities that go along with that, which automatically um, the Americans would utilize that, that um, rather than having to go all the way to the States to repair or replace parts on the submarines, they would have a base in Australia to do so as well. And, and this automatically puts Australia in the crosshairs of, of uh, countries like if China's worried about uh, Australian nuclear capability, it automatically puts them in the crosshairs um, of, of Chinese weapons as well. Yeah, I think a number of people have recognized that. And, uh, you know, there's also the indigenous issue, of course, because if Australia is operating nuclear powered submarines, there is the waste disposal element. And I've learned from you that in part, it's indigenous communities in Australia that have perhaps disproportionately been asked to take on nuclear waste uh, near their communities. So if this goes ahead, then it's probable that indigenous people may see a greater amount of nuclear waste being consigned to near where they live. Exactly. So there was a good statement by the Australian Green Party, and it has not gone completely unnoticed in Canada. I look back on the Twitter feed of Dimitri Lascaris, the the left-wing candidate who was running, of course, for leadership of the Green Party prior to the election. Now, Dimitri actually retweeted that on October 3rd. So there is some interest within, I guess, the left of the Green Party, for example. So this is something Canadian politicians can clue on to. I mean, this is probably something we should be seeing all over, right? It should be, what's the word? This is like a no-brainer issue for the Green Party. And it should be seen elsewhere, like in the NDP and other parties. So is this something you're hoping to see or expecting to see? Um, I would have to say yes. And, and uh, the other thing, Brendan, is what we're seeing also is it, it's creating more of a rift within the, internationally. Uh, we just saw Russia um, close their, uh, their, uh, their liaison office to NATO. Um, so there's, there's less um, discussion between uh, nations um, that, that uh, see themselves as foes. You know, let's, let's be blunt about this. Um, America still sees the Russians as, as enemies and, and uh, now uh, increasingly China. And, and we know this is because of uh, not just military war, but economic war. Um, the, the United States feels more and more threatened and, and with their uh, having to withdraw from uh, Afghanistan and the way they did, you know, they perceive themselves as being seen weak in, in the internationally. And so this all plays into it. Yeah, Henry, it's been suggested that now that they have withdrawn from Afghanistan, the United States may be trying to look tough by doing other things, such as increasing its confrontation with China. Uh, and that's obviously going to have very negative ramifications. But nonetheless, it's something you could see from the United States as part of all this. But we don't just have to sit there and do nothing about it. Um, you've actually taken a very positive step. I understand that you've been creating a resolution for the Hamilton District Labor Council. And this is to condemn the violation of the nuclear non-proliferation treaty that would be occurring if Australia went ahead with this submarine deal. So can you tell us about this uh, resolution? Do you you have like a copy? Do you know, uh, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, I'm just uh, pulling it up, Brendan. Uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, The petition uh, is entitled... uh, 
condemn violation of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, whereas the ARCUS deal on, on nuclear subs uh, for Australia violates the UN uh, Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, and whereas this deal is opposed by our sisters and brothers in the Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA, and the Electrical Trades Union, um, ETU, representing over 60,000 Australian electrical workers. Therefore, be it resolved that the Helmond District Labor Council stand with the um, MUA and the ETU in condemning the Arcus deal and call on the Canadian government to not only refuse participation, but also to strongly condemn this breach of the UN non-proliferation treaty. Okay, so how does this work? You're going to be introducing this resolution. I guess people have to vote on it. And if, if it goes ahead and people successfully vote on it, like where does it get forwarded to or submitted to? Um, it, it, uh, it will go... Um, in the records of the Hamilton District Labor Council, and and from there it will will be passing it on to other uh, other um, labor councils uh, throughout Ontario and Canada, um, um, pushing for uh, support of the, the resolution on their part as well. Um, and in addition, I'm also working on a uh, parliamentary petition. Um, I'm I'm trying to garner. Uh, uh, support uh, f- from uh, from an MP. Um, I won't mention who yet because I haven't heard back from him. But um, failing that, I, I will be approaching several um, parties, um, not including the the uh, Conservative Party for obvious reasons. Because I'm sure if we see the uh, Conservative Party coming to power, they'd be jumping on the bandwagon quicker than you could uh, blink. <laughs> Well, I think we have to think broadly about something like this, that when you're talking about AUKUS, military pacts, nuclear submarines, escalation with China, that's a wide ranging issue that affects everyone. So you might find support at some point in places where you don't expect it. You know, there's probably members of several parties who are thinking, I don't, I'm not sure about AUKUS and Five Eyes and, and nuclear submarines and war with China. And so you may be able to find support. We have to ask around, but what you're doing makes sense. I see you send the resolution, try to get it approved. Other labor councils can see it. That's kind of like how support for Palestine and other issues was also propagated, right? Yeah, people in their local unions make resolutions. Eventually, it reaches other things in terms of national conferences, um, talking to your political parties, and so on. So, I mean, where do you want to see this going? Is that what you want to see? How how does it maybe fit into the, the bigger picture of what you want to do? I want to see an international um, group um, form out of this uh, in opposition to Arcus. Um, um, you know, there's strength in numbers, as they say. Um, so uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, and, and uh, I've always been of the belief, uh, Brendan, that uh, it, it takes one person to take the first step. Um, and yeah, I'm sure you uh, remember um, when uh, Canada Post was trying to take away our home delivery and, uh, you know, um, I, I got fed up and, and decided to uh, take a stand and uh, went and occupied uh, sites. And, and that ended up garnering international um, attention, uh, got attention from Britain, from, from Brazil, from Germany, from, from the U- even from the U.S., um, the, their uh, media was interested in, in uh, interviewing me about this. So, um, you know, I, I just want to remind people out there that uh, you can do something that, uh, you know, together we're stronger, of course, but it takes one person to start, take the first step. 
Well, you have friends and you have allies in terms of this. We all do with regard to political parties, unions, and that's just the beginning in Australia. So we know that there's many groups in the US and the UK opposing Cold War with China. So there is a a body out there already to work with. So that's good news. Now, we want people to learn more about it, I guess. So people can see the two statements from the two labor unions in Australia by going to the Solinet website, S-O-L-I-N-E-T dot C-A. Tony Leah wrote an article about the two Australian labor unions, and they can also they can look up the Green Party statement, but let's make it easy for them. I think what I'll do is we'll post, you know, these statements and especially the Green Party statement on the Hamilton Coalition to Stop the War website at hcsw.ca. Then people can see the Green Party uh, statement for themselves. We want to circulate that around, of course, as well. Obviously, some people in the Green Party already know about it in Canada. So that's good. And then your resolution. I guess once it's submitted or every or whatever, we can put it up on the website, get it out to people. Is that how it works? Yep, yep. And and don't forget, there are also um, sites like uh, change.org. Um, we'll be posting uh, petitioning there as well. Um, but uh, you know, just uh, also to to remind people that uh, there's there's uh, social media out there as well. And if you see an article that that interests you. Um, you can be sure it's going to address someone else too. And so don't hesitate to post it online um, articles um, around this issue. Um, that's how, how, you know, that's how um, news gets out. And, and um, when you get uh, information back, don't forget to fact check. It's always important to fact check. Well, that all makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, let's see more of it. Let's get it out on the websites and everything. So a good job. And I, Let's get this forward and keep doing that kind of work. So thanks, Henry. This is this is Henry Evans Tenbrink, labor activist, union activist. Uh, so thanks for joining us today on the program. Oh, my pleasure, Brendan. Anytime.